And welcome into our number two. Glad to have you with us on this National Hunting and Fishing Day and also a clean out your freezer day, second day of fall. Although, uh, if you look at the temperature, you won't notice it, but there are some other signs we're moving on into a different season. I got some text messages in. We're asking you um, your flounder tips, uh, suggestions for favorite baits. This one says, Don, I found in the past when a flounder does get off, if you bounce your bait around the boat, you can sometimes catch them back. This happened many times for me. That's from the worm. Well, uh, usually I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated and not thinking about dropping it back down, but maybe I'll try that because a lot of flounders get lost at the net. Here's a says, for some reason, I got better luck on the boat casting to the banks and reel back off of them to catch ice boxes full of fish. But when fishing off the bank in the same spot, nothing. Why is that? I uh, wish I knew. But I think if you're on the bank, you certainly don't get the opportunity. You don't cover the same territory as you can in your boat moving along the bank. So I think you, you're actually checking more spots and covering more water when you do it that way. Uh, here's one uh, looking for some bass fishing on the East Pearl reports. Uh, river started to go down. Yeah, I got to think it's good, big man bassin. It's certainly improving. And if anyone's been on the East Pearl lately uh, and want to share a report with us, do that. 504-260-1870. Here's one says, I'm stuck bank fishing for a while. And my boat gets out of the shop waiting on parts. What do you look for this time of year when for places to bank fish? Same thing you do when you're in the boat. Clean water. Presence of bait, those are the things you look for. Uh, if you're interested in doing a little freshwater fishing, Wildlife and Fisheries just did their get out and fish uh, catfish stockings. Uh, go on the webpage of Wildlife and Fisheries, and they'll show you where all the locations. They just did it this week, and uh, if you want to get some techniques and see how it goes, go to our past Bayou Wild TV feature. Oh, I want to say it was about three or four weeks ago, and I went over in Zamuri Park and caught some beautiful channel cats that they had stocked in there if you're looking to do some bank fishing i suggest that uh here's someone looking for a swimming hole if people can fish where can i go and uh get in the water and cool off well i would say head for the mississippi and alabama gulf coast those sandy shores grand isle you can certainly swim there water not as clean there but those are some great swimming places and there are some beaches if you're looking for some real cool places is some of those north shore rivers uh, if you get a little beach spot there and Get in those uh, little tiny water. Water's really cold, in fact, even in the wintertime there. All right, Burton Karen Crow says he's going to, he's got no teal in uh, in Karen Crow. He's going to Indian Bayou, Corps of Engineers spot to scout for some squirrel and deer. Good luck. Hope you, you find them. Uh, his one says a live cockahoe minnow, number three hook, and a split shot for those flounders. And this one comes in from, I don't have a name, but it's Texter 7024. And it says, Don, do you advocate feeding feral hogs? I'm guessing not. Then why would you advocate feeding feral humans? Uh, first of all, feral humans, if they're feral humans in the true form of the sense of the word, they're criminals and they belong in jail. But the people that hunt for the hungry and second harvesters in these food banks are feeding, I wouldn't consider them feral humans. And I strongly suggest that you volunteer some of your time. I've done this. I've gone there and helped cook the food and serve some of these people. And when you see them without hearing their story, you can kind of see why they might be in an unfortunate situation. They're not feral humans. They're not criminals. Uh, they're, 
got some circumstances that may have been beyond their control. Yeah, some people are just lazy, but others may be physically unable to work. Uh, there may be a loss of a job or some situation where they find themselves in a position where they need a little help, and it's called compassion. So I suggest you check that out, 7024, and maybe you'll change your opinion. And hopefully you never find yourself in that situation where you're on that side of the food bank. All right, we come back after this. Captain Mike Gallo joins us. It's our Born on the Bayou Fishing Report next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. We can make contact with Captain Mike Gallo this morning. Wanted to get his little advice about fishing for flounders, and I believe this Coming week is his trip scheduled with the old man of the marsh, Dutch Prager, who is probably up and listening to us. All right, uh, let's see. we got the Silver Hill guy checking in from Alabama. He says flounder season's closed during November. They're becoming more abundant this year. Uh, yeah, it's going to be closed in Louisiana for the first time ever, October 15th through the month of November. Uh, they do because that's their peak spawning period, and some folks feel like they need a break, and Need a little help in replenishing the numbers, and hopefully they didn't make that decision uh, too soon. All right, we also have this one says, Grand Isle water isn't as clear as the Gulf Coast. Don't say the water isn't clean. Please, we need tourists too. Yeah, Grand Isle water is clean. It's just not as clear. It's got a little bit more sand suspended in, and it's a little darker color water, but it's certainly safe to swim and fish and crab in. All right, we have Captain Mike Gallo joining us now. His report is brought to you by CETO. You know them, $199 for a whole year's membership. And if you need them, they are there. They'll bring you fuel. They'll bring you electricity to jumpstart you, whatever it takes to get you back safely. They'll either hook you up and tow you in if you need it. It's peace of mind, and it's for you and your loved ones, and you can get signed up with one phone call or one click. If you're calling, call Captain Chris. 504-301-4545. And if you're using a computer, click him at CETO.com. I hear Mike Gallo in the background. He's probably getting his boat and his bait ready. Mike, what's going on this morning? How you doing, Don? Everything's going good, good here. Great. Good to hear it. Listen, we're talking flounders this morning. If you, if I told you, Mike, I don't care about catching white trout, I don't want a redfish, a sheephead, a speckled trout, all I want is flounder. How would you rig up? Where would you take me? Well, flounders are ambush predators. They love to hang around sandy bottoms and points. So Wrigley's Pass is a good area with a sand bottom, and there's several points with current going past. I like bright-colored lures, and they are they're pretty scent-oriented. So if you don't have a gulp, you could use a gulp because it's got scent. But if you're fishing with a Dudley or a Matrix, you can tip it with a piece of shrimp, or I used to actually fillet a cockahoe and put that little piece of meat on there and give it some scent, and it's pretty durable. Ah, fillet cockahoe, that's a new one. Mike, as far as handling the fish and getting it in, they can be difficult to net. What's your technique for fighting and landing a flounder? Well, your description of them being a Houdini fish is dead on. Because they will hold a lure or hold what you're feeding them, the plastic, all the way until you go to lift them out of the water. They'll realize there's trouble and let go. So when you get them next to the boat, you can just do a figure eight until the net man shows up. But you always want to net a flounder. Absolutely. If you flip flounders, you're going to be eating less. That's for sure. Mike, where are you headed? Who are you fishing with today? 
I have Lewis Thompson and his crew of workers and his son, Lewis Jr., and we're going to head to the Biloxi Marsh. They want to catch fish. So we have some four horsemen corks and some matrix plastic shrimp, and we're going to fish current lines and tide lines, and there's scattered trout and the occasional redfish to be caught in the Biloxi Marsh. Well, you got light winds. You should have a real nice trip across Lake Bourne headed over that way. When you go over there, I'll be on the lookout. You know, we got manatees in the area. Wouldn't be nice to hit a manatee. No, I don't want to hit a manatee. I've only seen two in my 20-plus years of guiding, um, and one was in the canal right across the street from the lodge, and only a few years ago. Uh, and the first one I saw was actually floating outside of Unknown Pass. I thought it was a boat. That's a pretty big animal. <laughs> yes, it is, and uh, very docile and, and tame. And uh, one of our viewers got a really good picture of one by, by Mouth of Bayou Liberty this week. So they are in the area and want to, you know, have people exercise caution. If you see one, uh, try to avoid it because they are susceptible. They're, they're not very mobile and they can't get out of the way of a propeller, so you got to keep your eye out for them. Speaking of keeping your eye out, triple tail. Everybody's always wanting me to ask you, any triple tail in the area? I see they caught a nice mess of them down by Venice. They are in the area, and we actually saw one Thursday that we could not get to bite. We were fishing all plastics and steel for redfish, throwing spoons and uh, plastic shrimp at them, and I Saw a triple tail on the way in. We turned back, and we made several casts at him, and he just wasn't interested in anything plastic. And he finally went down, and we couldn't we couldn't catch him. Uh, he did look to be undersized. He was going to be a, a CPR fish, catch, photo, and release. Got it. Uh, Mike, is this the week coming up where you got the old man of the marsh going with you, Dutch? Your trip planned this week? Dutch will be fishing with me on Friday. Uh, next week, so I should have fresh information when we talk on Saturday. That'd be very good. Always good to see you and Dutch to get together. I know y'all both enjoy each other's company. Mike, somebody wants to get you. We got you on my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Tell us about how to find you on your site and the telephone number of someone interested in booking a stay at the Spots and Dots Lake House and also a fishing trip with you. Well, you can find me on social media at Angling Adventures of Louisiana. And my website is an abbreviation of that, aaofla.com, and the reliable telephone, 985-781-7811. All right, Michael, very good. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy this uh, nice weather while we got it, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then. All right, Captain Mike Gallo, we call him Born on the Bayou. All right, coming back after this, it's time for the Paddler's Report. Brendan Bayard joins us, and he'll update us on the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club's latest tournament that's on schedule, and also we'll see if we can get a point of shen report from one of our listeners. Back with Brendan after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 
And our paddlers report in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is presented by Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find them in Baton Rouge, Mid-City, New Orleans, and also a location in Covington. Some of the best kayak fishing models, brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. You can check out the website for accessories and also information on those demo days, MasseyOutfitters.com. Also check them out on Facebook. Brendan Bayard, one of our field reporters, joins us now. And, uh, Brendan, we got some Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club news to talk about. Yeah, uh, we have our Fall and Tide tournament coming up next weekend, and uh, we're, we're going to be down in Grand Isle. We're all watching the uh, the weather with concern over the last uh, week or so, but it looks like we're going to uh, dodge this bullet, and uh, we're, our fingers are crossed, and you know, all systems go. We're going to uh, be out there on Friday night for our captain's meeting, Saturday for our tournament down at Bridgeside this coming weekend. So we're all excited for that. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there pre-fishing this weekend for that one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a slam tournament. So that means including that uh, hard-to-catch flounder. Give us some of your advice. We've been asking about people's uh, favorite ways of baits, choices, and techniques for catching flounder. Uh, I really like to concentrate on areas that I find minnows at, you know, like if, if I've noticed an area that has a little bit of riprap, rocks, uh, gravel, trash, it, it tends to hold a lot of uh, minnows. Those kind of areas seem like good amb- ambush points that I've always caught flounder at. Um, there's a couple of nice big kind of corners of bayous where there's a big mud hump on the corner. Those kind of areas in, always tend to uh, set up nice as ambush uh, spots for flounder uh, that I've, I've done well at, thinking back. Um, and then there's, for whatever reason, those those areas that you, you know, go through a pond and you're, and you're fishing for a redfish and you catch a flounder at one spot, you don't know exactly why. I always like to go back to spots that I've caught flounder at before. For, for whatever reason, you know, I think flounder know the best spots, best spots in the in the water for the high, you know, the hydrology of the flow and everything, and and they tend to go back and they're kind of repeat customers with their uh, bait and their eating. So uh, I always I always tend to to cast those areas where I've caught them before a little bit extra, uh, and it always you know it tends to work out pretty good. But I really like fishing uh, the passes. I like fishing the rocks on the way out to Bell Pass. Uh, there's a lot of great places that I like to fish, and I think uh, we're going to do pretty good on flounder this year. They're, they've been catching a lot, so uh, pretty thankful that uh, those have tended to rebound their population. Good stuff. Brendan, I got an inquiry in for Point of Shen, you know, a very popular kayak spot. Have you gotten any reports from that way lately? Oh, one of my buddies uh, fished out of a boat over there probably about 10 days ago. Uh, did uh, Caught a limb and a redfish using popping corks and uh, chatterbaits. And then uh, I think he actually caught a pretty big flounder over there. That's also one of my favorite places to flounder fish. For whatever reason, they have some really big flounder in Point of Shin. Uh, I, would, I would tend to, uh, you know, cast a lure that is going to be closer to the bottom just in case you you run across one of those big doormats that that uh is it's sometimes they are pretty plentiful in there i know a lot of people have gone over to point of shin and caught you know five pound flounder in the fall so uh you know 
make sure you're casting not a top water. You know, it's it's probably a little bit harder to catch a flounder on that. But uh, you know, chatterbait, uh, plastics, popping cork. You know, uh, redfish. It seem like they're pretty plentiful in there. It's it's pretty slow year for redfish, but you know, I think uh, Point of Shin has plenty of redfish. Uh, the trout should only get better as the weather gets cooler. Uh, but there's already some up in there. Um, should be pretty good fishing. Very good. Brendan, finally, we, we've got a Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club member who uh, went up to Arkansas and done good. Tell us about it. Yes, Francis Tran went over to uh, the um, Hobie BOS tournament there last weekend, tied for first place, uh, lost the tiebreaker because it's biggest fish, but super proud of him. Uh, he, he ended up... Uh, cashing the check for $4,200, you know, beat uh, a field of almost 200 people, uh, kayak fishermen that that, that crowd uh, of competitors is really into, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole nother level if you think about bass fishing. These guys will come into a place and they'll pre-fish it for a whole week. Uh, they're asking pros about tips. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a high level tournament and, uh, you know, if you if you place or win at one of these things, it's a really big deal. So we're super proud of him, and he'll be fishing the Tournament of Champions, which is kind of a culling of the best of the best of that tournament series later this year. So uh, we're rooting for him in that as well. All right, congratulations to Francis uh, Lake Dardanelle. Do you know anything about it up there in Arkansas? I don't know too much about that. I've, I've driven by it a couple of times. I, I usually tend to go out to the Buffalo River. That's one of my favorite little places to go camping and canoeing and kayaking. Uh, just magic up there in the Ozarks. It's really close to us here in Louisiana. So uh, beautiful country up there. I'll have to stop and check it out next time I'm on my way for a camping trip. You fishing this weekend? I am fishing tomorrow afternoon. All right. Good luck to you wherever you're going. Yeah, I'm going to make my way down towards a quick trip to check out some redfish spots for Fallen Tide next weekend. Sounds like a good plan. Brendan, thanks for the report. As always, we appreciate it. All right. Take care, Don. Bye-bye. All righty. That's one of our kayak reporters. Speaking of kayaking, uh, Eric Mohabarak and I are going to join Chris Weaver and cameraman Chris Lecoq will be doing that flounder fishing from a kayak on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and you'll see it on a Bayou Wild TV show near you. Coming back after this, oh, boy, you know it. Dove season came, and the first split is about over, but not before some people got in trouble doing it. We'll tell you our bad boys and girls story right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, getting back to our text board. Uh, let's see, we got uh, someone from Grand Isle asking about the size and creel limits on flounder. Well, right now there is no size limit. Uh, it's 10 fish per person per day. We are getting ready to experience the first ever flounder closure in Louisiana. We will be closing on October the 15th and remain closed through November. That is both for recreational and commercial catch. Uh, indications are that the flounder population uh, has been suffering, and this is a, a chance to remedy it, and we'll see how it all works out. All right, we got uh, the steel man checking in from Gaydon. Big Burr and him hunted on Saturday through Wednesday of opening weekend. They had teal limits every day. It's slowed since then. Half limits yesterday, fair numbers flying through. Jay Bull and I are at it today and hoping more hunters will move them around. Teal and dove rice and gravy last night 
Pooyah, he says. Happy hunting. Yeah, I was in Gaydon yesterday with uh, Hayden Richard, and who is a world champion duck and goose caller, the only one that's ever won both world titles. And we had a nice hunt in the morning, but, boy, uh, the evening guys really whacked him. It seems that the, from the pressure, the teal have gone to nocturnal. Thousands of them left the field that morning before daylight, and very few returned until uh, late in the evening at 5.30, and if you were able to make an evening hunt, uh, I would suggest that. It seems to be the pattern. And only two more days left, today and tomorrow, and then teal season's gone, and we'll wait for the big duck seasons to come in November. All right, right after we pause these 10 seconds for station ID, we'll be back and tell you about our latest bad boys and girl of the outdoors right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, on September 3rd, which was the opening day of the Louisiana dove season, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement's aid cited 10 subjects for migratory game bird violation in rapides and of oils parishes. Cited for hunting migratory game birds over bait were Barry Mercer, 45, of Pineville, 24-year-old Cade Williams of DeVille, 18-year-old Hunter Lafsfair of Pineville, David LaPerry, 31, of Pineville, 51-year-old Frank Driscoll of Pineville, 45-year-old Tommy Lavspierre of Pineville, and Tamara Lavspierre, 51, of Pineville, Louisiana. Now, the agents also cited Frank Driscoll for hunting without a resident license, and they also cited Lavspierre for aiding and abetting others to take migratory game birds over bait and the placing of bait for the taking of migratory game birds. In Rapides Parish, when they observed the subjects along with several juveniles actively dove hunting on the field, it was previously documented as a baited area. They seized 46 doves that were associated with the case, and in Involves Parish, they were working near the Effie community when they observed two subjects actively dove hunting on a field that was documented as baited. They seized three doves associated with that case, where 25-year-old Nicholas Hines of St. Gabriel and 20-year-old Christian Hines of Bunky were cited for hunting birds over baited area. While the fine for hunting without a Louisiana license is a $50 fine, that should be more because that's almost the cost of the license. All migratory game bird baiting cases are filed with the U.S. Attorney's Office to be prosecuted in federal court because it is a federal offense, and the fines will be set for those convicted as this week's bad boys and girl of the outdoors. All right, bad boys. We never seem to run out of the story. Every now and then we get a bad girl, but mostly it's uh, it's boys. Uh, all right, let's see. We've got um, some text messages coming. I'm still looking for some advice on uh, the flounder situation. If you've got a, a favorite bait that you use, uh, or technique, uh, going to be doing a flounder episode for Bayou Wild TV. Would love to hear what you, what works for you, uh, and we'll check on that. All right, when we come back after this, we're going to check in with uh, the plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. He's caught a few flounders, but mostly works over the trout and the redfish, and uh, certainly the teal. We'll get a recap on the teal season looking back on 2022. Uh, made a trip down there with him. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of action, but it was a lot of fun, and did see a few birds. We'll see if that's changed for him right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.
Captain Ryan Lambert, we call him the plastic man because he loves the fish with plastic. He does not like to fish with live or dead bait, but he does love to throw steel at uh, waterfowl when he gets an opportunity. And we're just wrapping up the teal season. Captain Ryan, how's the teal season wrapping up for you guys? Overall, looking back, what's the numbers on it, and how's it compared to previous years? Uh, right now we have 543 teal, two green wings, the rest blue wings, three green wings. Um it's, it's been okay. We had a big migration yesterday, a lot of flights moving in with that little front that was passing. Um, you know, the marsh looks good, but, again, they, they just came in, in a couple of little squirts. You know, um, maybe twice they had uh, good migrations coming in, but most of the time it was just, you know, just hitting them when you could, just smaller flocks. And I think three times we got into bigger flocks when they started migrating, you know, 20, 30 at a time. That's That's really so fun to watch. Gosh. So uh, the boys out there right now, I had three hunters not want to go this morning when they woke up. They said, oh, I think we'll just go home. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You, you know, when you look at it, you, you, yeah, you only got so many chances in a lifetime to go hunting and fishing. Yeah, I mean, the, the when you're there and goes into yeah. a hunt. And just to get up get and it. say, I'll go home. I said, oh, well, so I gave my, <laughs> my, my people to, to the guides and let them go and and uh, I'm, I guess I'll de-head some shrimp and then go fish or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, flounder fishing. Good. Tell me about it. If I told you, Ryan Lambert, uh, all I want to do is catch flounder, I don't want, I don't care about no other fish out there. Uh, where would wow. you take me and how would we rig up and what would we do? Well, I, I guess what we would do, there's, there's a couple of different ways to do it. You go out at night and stab them if you want. <laughs> That's been yeah. going real good down here right now. Or, or you know, you can get on the beach and just drag a bait real slow. There's a, there's a bait called a flounder pounder that H and H has. Yeah, and, uh, I, I was looking for that. I used to have some, and I don't have any more. I didn't know if they were still in production. Yeah, yeah, he's got them. Uh, uh, Billy's got them over there. Uh, it's uh, you just kind of drag that son of a gun, and it's it's a little heavier, and it's got two tails, and it works well. And you can get on the beach, but you know what? If you go in Venice. And you go into passes, and every time you come across a wreck of something, you know, boats everywhere, trash everywhere, fish behind it. They're sitting behind that, breaking the current, and, and you you know, you could catch a lot of them like that. So that's what I would do, you know, and that, you know if I would take you at all. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I got places on the east side where all these drains come out, where all the little crevasses and, and diversions are. On those mm-hmm. points are really good too, you know. Yeah. And normally, you know, in past June, July, you sit there and catch fifty of them if you want. But yeah. uh, biggest one I ever caught was a ten-two. That was a big old flower. Oh wow! I guarantee you. You know, there was a guy. He, he was a relative of mine that was from down there. I don't know, Clarence Craig, I believe was his name. And he was a distant relative, and there was another uh, one of the Armstrongs down there that used to catch those big flounders down there. And he said the secret to his success was he'd drag a P-Rog, and he'd get into some of those little, which we don't have anymore, marsh ponds on the west side, and he would flounder, find those flounders living in there. Yeah, well, that, that's a, that's uh, ancient history right there. There's no, there's, there's no ponds, yeah, zero right. ponds now. None, none. No, on the west side, but... The, the flounders, you know, we had a, we didn't keep them for the last three years. We wouldn't keep one. They they were so scarce, and this year they they came back with a vengeance. So, 
you know, uh, that's good. But the Bull Reds are really thick right now. It's, this is the week that everything changes. I mean, the trout are moving yeah. in right now, coming to the inside, the base coming to the inside. And this week, everything will change, just new moon. And it's it's amazing how it all works every time. But this is the week. And, uh, in fact, I already got some trout on the inside right now and just started yesterday. So. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe what I should have done was ask for flounder recipes. Maybe I'll do that next week. What's your favorite flounder <laughs> recipe? Well, I don't keep them. You know, when I get a flounder in the boat, I can smell him as soon as it gets in the boat. I'm not I'm not fooled with them. I know the, the the meat's real good, but for customers, I take and I fillet them and I take the whole skeleton out when I clean them. I just cut down the middle and then I'll fillet uh-huh. around it and then cut the skeleton out. And then you have a giant pocket to stuff a nice crab and, and shrimp stuffing in there, bake uh-huh. them and put a sauce over it. You know, my daddy, my daddy, when he was alive, he would just score them across each way and put lemon and butter in there and broil it, put it on the broiler. And that's how he liked it. He loved that. But uh, myself, you know, if I'm going to eat one, I, I just stuff him like that. And that's great. The, the meat's really good. I mean, it's beautiful white meat, but... You know, I, I have so much fish down here. I don't eat fish that often at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are surprised to hear that about people who fish a lot that they don't eat them that often. But you know, it's yeah, I guess it's that thing about you know you're around it all the time and you know it's not that appealing. Well, at the lodge we have fish all the time. I mean, every night mm-hmm. just about we have fish and shrimp and you know some kind of seafood. So when I go home, you know, break out some chicken or steak. Or something. <laughs> you know, we did a survey one time, and the flounder, it's often called the love fish for a number of reasons, but yeah, it's the favorite yeah. fish of women. Women love, if you ask most of them, what's love your favorite flounder? If they've had flounder, that's what their favorite fish is. Yeah, they, without a doubt. Not, you know, that that love fish thing, well, I have a great story for that, but we just can't talk about it on the radio. Well, <laughs> one of the stories was... One of the stories was, and we can tell this one, was that, you know, in the old days in the French Quarter, uh, the guys would go out and catch flounders about day, and at night they'd bring them to the ladies of the night in exchange for favors. They would give them flounders. So that's, uh, I guess that's about the best way to put it. Yeah, well, I had a guy that was, he had his 21-year-old son on the boat, and he caught a big old flounder, and he thought he was going to say, oh, I'm going to get some favors tonight. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, son. <laughs> right in front of his son. He said, oh, my God. I laughed. almost died laughing at <laughs> Yeah, yeah. i tell you what. That's another fish that not only is it one of the ones that get, get off the hook the easiest when you go to net them. They do. But they it's, really one of do. The, it's one of the most overrated fish as far as poundage, you know, what they weigh when somebody tells you what that flounder weighs. I mean, when you say a 10-pound or a 7, oh, that is that, a huge, that's a huge, doormat. Huge. That is a big flounder. That 10-pounder, that we put him on top of 48-quart ice chest, he covered the whole thing, the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I think the fillet on the white side was a half inch thick and 24 inches long, the fillet. Wow. On the white side. That was side. a halibut. That might have been a baby halibut. My, my, my poor grandma said, I'm 84, and I've never seen one of them that big. <laughs> oh, boy. So Ryan, y'all have a good week. time. Oh, you Kenley did. You had puppies. the puppies. Yep. All right. Two of them didn't make it, so we only got three, unfortunately. Oh, no. so. Males or so females? We have two females and a male, and a really big male got stuck, and we couldn't save him, so... 
It's a shame because that's when Carl wanted. Carl wanted that big male because he wanted to compete with it. But, you know, they'll be fired up. Great dogs. I'm going to keep one and Carl's going to keep one. And, and we have one one little female left, and that's about it. What a bummer. Uh, is she for sale? Uh, yeah, she'll be for sale. And I got two or three people that want it. So uh, wow. I'll just sure go to the right quick. spot, you know. Kenley's a very exceptional dog. How's she doing? She's doing good? She's good. She's a good mama, too. So she'll be back at it the second split. I'll give her the first split off. And she's she's going to have maternity leave. I, I have her sister, Jewel, laying here by me. And you talk about I was not happy that I didn't get to hunt today. You should have seen Jewel. Oh, my God. She was <laughs> whimpering. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, they live for out. it, too. Uh, without a doubt. So, all right, Bonnie, well, we'll see you next week sometime, and, uh, you know, keep it all going. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, brother. All right, there he goes, Captain Ryan Lambert. All right, somebody says, all this talk about flounder reminds me when I worked at the original Brunings. They had the best fried stuff flounder. Yeah, they did. I tell you where there's a good flounder, Frenier Landing. Shh, don't tell too many people because they're kind of short supply, but they got a great one. All right, coming back after this, we're going to talk to Tom Stogner over at Double D. Big buck contest coming up, and he'll tell you how you can get entered into it right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. In Bugalusa, there is an operation called the Double D Deer Meat Processing Company, and Tom Stogner is the owner. And In addition to doing custom cuts, they make an awful large variety of sausage. They process your wild hogs, exotic game, and white-tailed deer. And Tom Stogner joins us now to talk about their big buck contest. Got a change coming up in it. Good morning, Tom. Tell us about your big buck contest this year. Hey, good morning. Well, let me tell you what it used to be. Uh, for several years now, we have we have done a contest where people would bring us a whole clean deer. You know, you skin it, and bring us the meat and the meat and the bone, and we weigh it up. And whoever at the end of the season has the, the heaviest deer, they would win a free mount and a little bit of cash and free processing. But since CWD and some of the regulations have changed, and most people. Uh, most people now quartered up, throw it in a 120-quart ice chest to bring it to us. We wanted to do something that was uh, available to more hunters. So this year we're going to do a drawing at the end of the deer season for a new deer rifle. R- really, really nice package. Uh, it's a Browning X-Bolt white gold medallion 270. Uh, it's got the stainless receiver, stainless barrel, real beautiful gun. Uh, maple stock, octagon barrel. Uh, we're going to put it in a leather case, and uh, maybe the best part of the whole deal, it comes with two boxes of bullets. So uh, we put a loophole, 3x9x40 scope on top of it, and uh, it's ready to go. So we're going to do that drawing in March. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, all the details are there, but just kind of stay tuned. More details are coming out, but we're looking forward to it and uh, hoping we're having a good, successful hunting season. Well, archery season opens up most places uh, next week. In fact, we had a velvet buck season last week, a little special early season in Mississippi. So uh, it's pretty much on. So just bring the deer and, uh, you know, you can bring the meat, bring it quartered, because like you mentioned with the CWD regulations, things have changed now and it's hard to bring whole deer in. So 
Uh, there's a different way to do it, and you guys have certainly made a good adjustment on it. Well, you got a new well, big buck contest style. Is there anything new as far as products besides your custom cuts? And, you know, I have a hard time deciding whether I like the pineapple brown sugar or the jalapeno cheddar sauce is the best. You guys got anything new this year? Well, I'm toying with an idea. I don't want to say it just yet because I want to make sure that we're able to do it. But it, but it involves the back straps and uh, some cure and a little black pepper in the smokehouse. And so we, we ran a few trials last year, really, really liked it. And uh, hopefully we can pull that off. But, uh, but before I get inundated with it, because it is really, really good. It's a really great product, and I want to make sure we can do it right. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, we want to break the news when it comes out. There you go. Tom, people want to find out more about Double D. Facebook page and website is? Uh, DoubleDSausage.com. You can look for us on Facebook on just, you know, look for Double D Meat. Uh, we've actually got a brand-new website. It's only launched about two months. Really proud of it. Uh, new pictures, new information. Uh, all, of the, all of the information for custom processing is on the new website. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do this year that nobody else is doing is we're not raising our prices. We're going to keep them like they were last year. I think people are – had enough of high prices with gas and food and everything else going on. So we're just going to hold that steady this year and, and ride it out. Love to hear that. Thanks for joining us, Tom, and thanks for all you do for the sportsmen in Louisiana, Mississippi. We appreciate it. Anytime, Don. Thank you. All right, Tom Stogner, Double D Meat Company. Uh, get that brown and gold white medallion, 270, with a 3 by 9 Leopold scope and even a couple of boxes of bullets. It's ready to go. And uh, you'll get a free entry when you bring in a processing order. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, I'm going flounder fishing, getting more and more tips in. Boy, like uh, one of the listeners said, you could write a book with all these tips for flounder fishing. Well, we're going to go with uh, the weave and Captain Eric and uh, our cameraman, Chris, and you'll see how we do it. Hopefully we do it on an episode of Bayou Wild TV for probably be season 10. All right, we're going to be back to do this again next week. We do it each and every Saturday morning. As we say, we start dark and early, 5 to 7 a.m., get you ready for your big trip to the great outdoors uh, where some of the most knowledgeable sportsmen leave after they listen to this show. And we'd love to have you back again next week for the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.